Welcome to A Better Way with Real Estate, a podcast series hosted by real estate investor, Brian O'Neill. During each episode, we'll give practical advice for individuals and families navigating the many hurdles in the home buying and selling process. There is a better way with real estate that supports the goals and needs of your family, and we're here to help. Listen along as we help families like yours, one home at a time. Hi, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of A Better Way with Real Estate. I'm your host, Brian O'Neill, and today, my super awesome guest is Lindsay Rice, and this is going to be a fun show. Lindsay is a passionate entrepreneur who loves building businesses that allow her and her family to live a life by design without compromising her health. Lindsay is one of the managing partners of Rice Properties Group, a top real estate team in the country that serves the DC metropolitan area of Northern Virginia. She is also actively working to launch other ancillary real estate businesses, the first being a company that educates sellers and buyers of all their buying options and selling options, and then provides them with custom-tailored real estate solutions. We obviously love this. While she was pursuing her aspiration of entrepreneurship, she was also focused on her health journey where she was led down a path to master key life disciplines. Lindsay is a firm believer, so am I, that health is the real wealth, and without it, it's hard to live the life that we are designed to live. Her life mission is to help others master the key life disciplines of spiritual, self, physical, time, money, and growth so that they can live an abundant life and ultimately be inspired and motivated to help others. With that as a backdrop, Lindsay, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for asking me to come. I'm excited. I love to talk about real estate and business and health. So I can't wait to see what happens here. Yeah, awesome. And you know, I only touched a little bit on your background there. Uh, so maybe if you could expand a little bit more on uh, your path and, and your journey and you know what ultimately led you to where you are now with a career in, in real estate, please. Sure. So basically, I was born and then what happened? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I knew my passion for real estate and is unique in a way, but I really wanted in school to become an entrepreneur. I didn't know kind of how that would play out and what path that would be. And it, when I got married, um, my husband was actually called into real estate by a mentor. Some of his natural skill sets just spoke real estate uh, on the sales side. And I have a business degree. And I, since I love to kind of run the side of the businesses and not necessarily the sales side, you know, one day Ryan said, Hey, you know, my real estate business is getting a little bit busy. Um, I was in the corporate IT world for about 10 years hmm. in sales myself, but it never really kind of fit. I just them driven. So I'll kind of always go all in to everything that I do. Um, so it just kind of worked. Um, but when you get married and maybe want to start a family and you're traveling all the time, as you know, <laughs> yeah. that might not fit well with wanting to grow a family and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I actually started studying real estate for about a year mm -hmm. um, and studying the business aspect of it, of how can you build a business in real estate. And I learned a lot through the brokerage that we were at, which was Keller Williams. And they really taught me, and I, I really credit them to so much of the foundation of how to build a business. Mm 
not just in real estate, but just in general and all the components that, that come with that. And so that is really my passion. And so I quit corporate America, I would say in 2015, got my real estate license. And I did spend a year, if you will, in the business a lot, you know, working with buyers and sellers and doing all the traditional things, the open houses and the cold calling and, Mm -hmm. you know, letting people know. And, um, and then we decided to incorporate grand actual business. And then we just started following these systems and models that we learned and started hiring. We hired our first EA and off we went. Um, so that's how I get it. And now it's, you know, we can talk maybe more about this later, but mm-hmm. the business has grown organically. So we haven't been ones to say, oh, that looks cool. Let's go start this. And that's hard for me because I feel like I'm a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. I love to like, oh, that's a cool opportunity. I could totally attack that. Um, so it's hard for me to say, okay, what would naturally be the next business to attack? And that's how we're, how we're growing out this, if you will, ecosystem that we're creating. And that for you was the, so I can see the correlation between IT and your passion for the systems and, and processes, as, as you mentioned. So you had the skill there. So the natural, the next natural uh, move was, uh, I guess, this ancillary business that you started where you're really focused on education uh, in terms of your existing clientele, if I have it correct. Exactly. So we started the business just through our sphere of influence. So friends and family, my husband's actually born and raised in Northern Virginia. So everybody that came to us already knew us, loved us and trust us. So once we understood real estate and knew the skill sets, it was building that relationship and really holding their hands along the way uh, because it's a process, right? It's emotional buying and selling. And there's a lot that people don't know. And um, we really just honestly built our business by handholding and really caring and and connecting with them. Um, And that was our education. It was very hands-on and it was a lot of face-to-face. And then as we scaled, then it became other forms, right? Videos and or seminars and that sort of thing. And then what we noticed is what we call the traditional buyers and sellers. Um, We noticed that you know, whether the market was shifting or just other economic shifts, it could have been a need for them in different ways. They came upon a hardship that avoided them to be able to buy or sell traditionally, right? And when we say traditionally, it would be um, not maybe being able to go through a bank to get a loan if you're a buyer or hiring a real estate agent to sell the home, right? There could be commissions involved. There could be, I don't want to go through all the listing process. Mm -hmm. So we thought, gosh, we really need to provide more to our clients that are coming to us. And what is that going to be? And it just, like I said, fell naturally because at the same exact time, we knew that when we were growing in our business, we also wanted to start investing in real estate because that was part of our own personal plan to start, you know, from just being a cash flow to now investing for more passive. And um, you know, it's this the so when these buyers and sellers were coming to us with these different requirements or requests, mm-hmm. um, we thought, gosh, what are we gonna do? So that's when we started to research more on the investing side and learning more and and, and engaging with other, you know, real estate agents and mastermind groups and coming up with, okay, well, we need to be able to 
offer them a quick close or offer them other terms. And we realized, wow, there are a lot of other ways to buy and sell. And so now we're moving toward um, educating them on that. And so now every time we meet with a prospective seller, we educate them outside of the traditional way of selling and the traditional, again, meaning hiring an agent and just following that. that standard process. I love that. I'm taking a bunch of notes here. If you see me looking down here, but, <laughs> That's okay, uh, yeah. there's a couple things that you said. I don't even know if you realize you said it in the beginning was you said no love and trust. Mm-hmm. Um, people need to, and, and that's important. I think that that's missing a lot uh, when you're talking about buying and selling your home is people that you can, that you know, love and trust. Um, and then mm-hmm. also you said something about it being emotional, like buying and selling a mm-hmm. house is, I've said this many times and I'm a firm believer of this. It's more emotional than it is financial, I think. Um, and in terms of the biggest decision or one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make in your life. So it's important to have that person or those people that you know, love and trust. I wish I would have known you uh, back in 2015 <laughs> when I was trying to sell my house, and you know I would have had some other alternatives because, you know, my my wife and I got a lot less than we thought we were going to get. Um, but yeah. talk about maybe a little bit more about the education piece. First of all, I guess like what draws you to that? Is there anything that that specifically that draws you to that? Whether it's a personal experience or just your need to your desire to help people. I mean, why education? That both, both of those reasons. So I'm extremely learning based and my personality is I need to understand all the paths so I can make the best decision for myself. And so it was natural to pass that on to our clients. And when I say clients, a lot of times we end up seeing friends because they either are our friends already or they become our friends. And we are not just a transaction. It is not transactional for us at all. So we've scaled slowly because we are client relationship based, right? We tap into the emotions of our clients. We um, uh, make sure that they know exactly the process from the beginning to the end. And we start the education well before they even know they're ready to buy and sell, right? So we're always showing up in different ways to help them. Um, I don't know if that answered your question on how we educate or what is it, are you looking for what we're educating on or, and it's mostly just the different options. Um, yeah, definitely expand on that. I wanted to know a little bit more about why you answered that. It was more of, you know, there's, if I go, if I'm going to sell my house or buy another house, buy a house, like there's, it, it just seems like there's a buffet out there, right? Like who, how do I, where do I start? Who do I go to? How do I know who I can trust? I mean, it's it's just there's a lot of options out there, but I think a lot of people are generally confused as to who to go, and they gravitate probably to what they know, which is you know maybe I got a cousin or something who's a, who's an agent or or a friend of a friend. It's like like how does someone go about that process? We always tell people to start with either finding a referral, start with a research and just start asking questions. I mean, we actually have documents that we send to our clients. Hey, if you're talking to other people, other agents, other investors, other buyers, whatever, ask these questions. Um, It's important to understand. And I mean, it really just is that, I mean, just doing your due diligence and when they, you know, because some people, they don't know what they don't know. So you don't, you don't, they, sometimes they don't know who to ask. And so we see oftentimes it just is, we try to get to them before they know they need need us. 
because oftentimes they are just going to go to a friend because we're agents, right? There's 155,000 agents that were just added since the real estate market boom in the spring, right? So there are a lot of real estate agents. And so we just always try to stay in front of people and they're educating people. I mean, we are doing events almost monthly, seminars. I mean, I just content, 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 and hopefully little piece by little piece, people think, oh gosh, let me unlock that and let me learn more because it is a fire hose and there is so much information. And, you know, we, you know, really go in with our clients and our prospects and ask a lot of questions. And then that helps us untap what do we need to present to them now? Because if there's a thousand ways to, to slice it, you don't want to talk about a thousand ways, right? So you just, you know, what we talk, try to tell people that are, that maybe are thinking of buying and selling, you know, why, do, do, when do you need to move? Why are you moving? How long are you going to be there? You know, talk to a lender, even if you have bad credit, talk to a lender and see where you stand. They're going to tell you, you know, most of the agents or at least, if you just do a little bit of due diligence on the internet, you can see reviews, reach out to somebody and then, you know, talk to, if you don't know anybody that you trust, talk to two or three people, get some referrals for a lender, talk to a lender, see where you stand, but know that that is not the end all be all. Yeah. And um, I would say, just don't take no for an answer. If you know you have to move or want to move, there's a way to do it. And it's just asking how, not, can I do this? How can this be done? What are my options? Yeah, there is. There definitely is a way. I love the questions. You have a list of questions, so I'll put you on the spot. You know, maybe uh, ask a, like, what should uh, somebody be asking an agent? Like that, they're not, maybe they're not working with you, but you said, hey, whoever you're talking to, make sure you're asking the right questions. Do you have a an, lot of it is? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a big document, but it, it, a lot of it is um, how many clients do they serve? How do they serve their clients? What do they do to serve their clients? Um, uh, those are the main ones. I would say how, when they uh, price it, how, how long are their homes that they sell? Are they on the market? Those are the questions that we tell them to ask the agent. If it's an, it's if an, if it's an investor, um, ask them how they're coming up with the price that they're offering. Right. And, and just, you know, we have to do our own due diligence. We tell the buyers and sellers that as well. I mean, we teach them to double check everything that we say too. Right. And it's, it's just super important that we know ourselves what we're doing and why we're doing it, right? We don't always want to count on everybody else, right? And so we always tell our buyers and sellers that too. We always just say, you know, you have all the answers really within. You just need to do a little bit of digging to understand, okay, how do I go about doing this? Right. Um, so it ends up being the, the agent questionnaire. It ends up being a lot of kind of stats and who they serve and what they serve. And do they have any Google reviews? Are they a silent agent? You know, look out there. You know, is it your sister? Maybe also look for somebody else out there that's not, you know, that's doing a lot because the people that are doing a lot and they're in the market every day buying or helping sellers buy and sell, they, they know what's going on. They know what's going on. Yep, definitely. And I think the message that you're, saying here is that, you know, you just, you, you need to, this isn't a decision to be taken lightly in terms of when you're selling your house and, and who you're going to partner with, because it's not just the agent. There's a, a, a multitude of people that you're ultimately going to be dealing with. You mentioned lenders, 
Uh, you're ultimately going to be dealing with attorneys and title companies and you know all inspectors and all different types of people. So it's important to ask those questions up front and do your do your due diligence. And I, I I don't know. I just I'm of the belief that not everyone is doing that. You know, it's like, well, my so and so I know is a realtor, but have you asked those questions? You know, have you how many have they sold? Uh, are they familiar in that particular area? And again, something you mentioned is how long are their houses on the market for? Mm-hmm. Exactly that's, right. That's critical. Exactly. Okay, great. Good stuff, Lindsay. You mentioned also that there's some alternative ways to do this. Uh, you know, it's not the only way. Not everyone is able to um, sell conventionally, maybe either for the price that they want or in the time frame that they want, because you did mention time frame. So maybe talk about some of the other ways that you're able to educate your sellers and your buyers about how they can either buy or sell a house. So outside of the, the in, well, actually inside the traditional way, there are a lot of options as opposed to just hire the agent and list it. We have now expanded even our traditional kind of bucket. And, I, and, and you probably don't even have to be a licensed agent to offer these kind of services, but more of a, uh, a fix and flip. So we're helping sellers who have equity um, tap into their equity at the end of the sale. So we're actually can go in and help them um, update their house, right? So that they can get top dollar. So maybe spending 10 or $20,000 to get back 40, 50,000, right? So we come in there and we say, okay, what's, what's the, you don't have to sell your house as is and do the as is price. We can look at it and say, okay, you have equity in the house. Let's fix it up and then let's sell it. And then we can get paid at the end. Um, now, do you, There's a lot of agents, you, but do you help them with the like the example you mentioned, ten thousand to get back forty? Do you help them with the ten, or do they have? To, uh, we pay, like pay everything up front. Me and, and the team that we partner with, we pay everything up front, and then they pay at the end. Nice, out of, nice. because they have equity. Awesome. They have equity. Okay, continue. Sorry, so they, they wouldn't have to pay, yeah, they wouldn't have to pay even if they had enough cash. They don't have to pay that or take a HELOC or do any of that. Um, we can come in, get their house market ready for the top dollar that we know it will sell if they do X, Y, and Z, sell them. And they're always going to net, they're going to net more. Right. And and that helps us to even with, you know, cause we're always as agents defending our commission. <laughs> um, so that, that helps. Um, there are, we, that's one thing we have uh, moved into staging is another um, uh, very important um, aspect mm-hmm. Um getting that house, especially if you're marketing to mortgage ready buyers, that's even more important. Um, and I think a lot of sellers actually don't understand that they can market to non mortgage ready buyers, right? There are buyers out there that you probably talked about on, on your podcast is, you know, these lease purchase buyers, buyers that aren't quite ready for various reasons, right? Had a life hit, Need seasoning. My husband and I needed seasoning. We actually set ourselves up from a business standpoint and not a mortgage ready standpoint. And we went to go build a nice new home. You know, we needed some seasoning time and we said, oh my gosh. So it actually delayed our build. We signed the contract in 2017 and our build was done in, in, in the middle of 2019. Um, so I know that very well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you, so I'm sellers. Stop you there too. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know, no, no, please. Using the word seasoning, I, just for the audience, because not everyone knows what that is. If you could maybe, you know, take that a few layers into what, what that is and, and how 
uh, you you went through that personally. So please speak to that. So we ended up opening a business account and all of our income was coming into the business account and we weren't flowing it in the right way to our personal account. So it looked from the mortgage standpoint that we made less than we did because it was the business earning the money, not Ryan and I. Um, So typically in order for that to flow, the business opened in 2016. We wanted the loan in 2017. It wasn't that 18 kind of to 24 months of seasoning that a lot of times is needed that the, that the banks call in order to get a jumbo loan and a great rate. We wanted to go through that time, right? That season time. Did you have to go through the two years then is what you're saying? We, uh, we had to wait. So luckily we had incorporated in 2016 and we signed the document toward the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. So it worked out great for us because the builder was still a little delayed and it worked out great for us. But for other people, that's a long, you know, two year wait. We only had a three month wait because we had already seasoned for, you know, 12, 18 months. Right. Yeah. Um, and just needed a little bit more you know, T's crossed and I's dotted, but we certainly had to jump through a ton of hoops. It was a headache uh, to get this loan closed, yeah. even in 2019. Um, so we learned a lot there. We learned a lot, you know, how to set ourselves up if we're thinking about buying again, before investing and, and all those sorts of things. We definitely, we definitely learned a lot. Yeah. So we, we've been passing that on to some of our self-employed buyers and sellers. Which there's a lot of too. And I think it's really great that you just discussed your personal experience because in no way, shape or form, are you a bad buyer? Um, you're, <laughs> you're qualified and then some, and it's just the way that the banks look at you. Right. And yep. which I still don't get it. I still don't understand it. Um, but uh, you know, that, that it is what it is, but this mm-hmm. represents a large portion of uh, the buyers out there that most uh, brokers, agents don't have access to or buyers or sellers don't have access to, if you will. And you were just about to talk about some of the the alternatives there for self-employed individuals. Yep. So we've had just at this little, probably last six months that we started to come out more and talk to our buyers and sellers, the word spread pretty fast in our small community that, Hey, I think Lindsay and Ryan have some other options. So we've gotten some calls of, Hey, are you able to kind of get me into this house? And there, the price points in Northern Virginia are typically are pretty high. Right. And so a jumbo loan around here is around $745,000. Right. And um, the average price point is lower than that. Um, but still, certainly the, the contractors that live here, even the, you know, those, they're all self employed. And so they will come and say, hey, how can we get into a home now and pay over time? So these questions have come naturally. And um, in the past, we actually helped a couple sellers on a lease purchase and knew very little about it and somehow fumbled our way through it. And um, just like I had told you in the beginning of of this meeting was over time, more and more people have come to us with that request. So in the past year, we've done our due diligence and we know there is, there is a way through different lease purchase, you know, for these buyers to get in now um, with, with, and, and, and wait and get seasoned or get their credit enhanced. Um, And, and in fact, once we started doing that due diligence on our own to learn that, we realized how many of our other lender partners have equity enhancement programs and credit enhancement programs and all of these programs already in place that we were in our own box servicing our clients 
and until we open it up and it's just been super refreshing and, and, and great for our buyers and sellers that, you know, when we leave these meetings now, I feel like, wow, we really can help everybody. And I've really left here knowing that they know that there's not just one way to buy or sell. Right. Which there isn't. And mm-hmm. most people don't. I mean, you named, I, I wrote them all down. You named like three or four different alternatives. You named uh, like two different alternatives inside the traditional method. And then we went, we talked about the example for, you know, self-employed. And then, you know, there's also people who are self-employed and maybe need a little credit enhancement too, because they had a significant life event, you know, that we always talk about like a divorce or a medical situation that, you know, sometimes you just can't avoid, you know, and it it damages your your credit temporarily because that's all fixable. Yeah. And, and another is the price points are so high here. People that, that can't afford it still just need a time to save for a down payment. So they might be able to go and get a loan, but they want the 10 or 20% down to change that payment. Right. So they're a great candidate for more of the million dollar kind of price points. And it also helps the sellers. So we're really excited to start to marry these buyers and sellers together because now the sellers can avoid the commission because we already know this person over here just needs some time. And a lot of times in this price point, these folks have the ability to move into another house without selling this house. Um, so being able to give all these options has just been great for the buyers and sellers that we serve. Right. Um, you just it, dropped some major stuff there. So I'm just going to give it back to you there. Okay. Make sure okay. I have it all correctly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. essentially what you just said was you're, you have the ability, uh, again, with your, uh, outside of your traditional methods to, uh, find a, to have a buyer, a well-qualified buyer from an income standpoint, even though maybe their credit's good, they just need what you refer to as seasoning. And maybe they don't have the full 20 to 25% down payment today that you would need for a jumbo loan, which I can, I think that you would agree that probably a lot of qualified buyers don't have that either. Um, so they can get in for a lesser amount, maybe like a 10% or something to that scenario, and then have a period of time. But what what what, what does that period of time typically look like where they could save up the rest of it? It just varies on that person, right? If they get bonuses or tax return, or if they're in sales and they know they're getting a lot of commission checks. Mm-hmm. So we know that ahead of time and then can, can set that up um, appropriately and, and work the whole kind of transaction to benefit the, both the buyer and the seller. Right. And, just and then the seller, that. sorry. Mm-hmm. No, the no, no, seller, please. The seller gets their, I, I mean, the advantage to the seller is uh, uh, they get their, they get their house sold number one, but they get their price as well. Is they that, get is their that price. It? They yeah. get their price and they're going to net a lot more they're money than if they more. would have sold. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, I keep going back to, I wish I would have known you in 2015 when I, when my equity went from, you know, here to here. So if, for anybody watching it, they can't see, I just kept lowering the price. But if I would have known about something like this, I certainly would have, would have taken advantage uh, of it highly. So this is really, really great stuff, uh, Lindsay. And again, I just don't think most people are aware of this. So I love the education piece. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, there's the the market, your assessment of the market. I know you're in the DC, the Virginia area, and know. you know I'm in Chicago. So houses in, in your market are probably still flying off the shelf. I don't know if you had any 
if you had any thoughts as to, especially now we're in October, this is going to, this is, uh, you know, probably going to air early November, but um, you know, what is your assessment of the market? If you have anything that you can add there at this time? I mean, we certainly are seeing a, a shift and a little bit of a cooling off. And I don't, and we're not anticipating this to be a seasonal shift. Obviously, there's seasonal shifts as realtors and investors, right? Everything changes. Um, but, and we also know just, we, fo- we follow the market very closely. So the numbers that we're seeing, um, I think are inevitable for a shift from a seller's market to a buyer's market. When that will happen, I don't know. Um, typically, it can happen pretty fast. You can see the trends that it's coming, um, and then it just kind of happens. And so certain indicators that we look for and buyers and sellers can look for it too um, is days on market. Um, we follow those numbers. Um, list price to sale price, we follow those numbers. And if you're you know, looking to buy or sell, talk to your agent or investor or figure out these kind of numbers and ask them what they mean to them. Because as a seller, you do not want to overprice your house. There is a danger to that. Um, you want to price it accordingly. Otherwise, it will not sell. And it actually, there's so much data that shows it will actually sell for less by the time you keep dropping it because then you're chasing the market. So you'll end up selling for less than you would have if you would have just priced it right. So we always price ahead of the market. And so for you to know what the market is doing, you need to talk to somebody that understands the market. Um, a lot, another indicator is when we see less showings, less traffic, less offers. We see the different types of offers on the different categories of the houses. When I see categories, I guess I mean updates. Our, our mortgage-ready buyers are always the pickiest. They never yeah. want to pick up the paintbrush, right? Um, but we also see the buyer fatigue is evaporating. Buyers are coming back out. That crazy three months we had of the historically highest prices ever yeah. is gone. It's gone. Um, but we're again, we're in the DC market. I'm sure every market, well, I'm not sure. I know every market is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, DC is pretty solid. And we tell our clients, it's, it's always fine to buy and sell when it's ready, when you're ready to buy and sell. You just have to be smart about it and know what you're doing. Is it a good time to buy? Is it a bad time to buy? Yes and no. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ready to buy, then yes. Um, I think that the, the definitely the craze of over and we're starting to see our, our education, our videos that we're putting out now are, you know, geared toward buyers and that it's okay for them to come back out. And, you know, it's interest rates are still low. Sellers are becoming more realistic. Um, they are. That- I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I made a joke. I'm kidding. All the sellers out there, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's, it, it's hard though. I mean, imagine if you didn't have that three months of, you, you probably ha- had so many, I'm dabbling, like we, you know, on the traditional side, Sure, I want to sell. Sure, I want to sell, but where am I going to go? Right. So you had all these sellers that were thinking about selling. Gosh, I could get this much for my house. Yeah. Uh, where am I going to go? Then when they get up the plans or whatever, and they decide they want to sell now, it's just a tougher conversation because we have to set the expectations that the market right. has changed a little bit. And so. and, the, and that's um, you know, some of the and I ha- still have those conversations with sellers today where they're still stuck in, you know, April, March, and June and at the summertime, which again, like you said, that's over and it is over. It's not happening. It's, it's, it's not coming back. Um, but people still think that they can get top price for their, for their home. You, or maybe, you know, Hey, I put it on the market, we're going to get 10 offers and they're all going to, it's going to sell in two hours. 
50,000 over asking. So I love what you said about not chasing the market. I mean, the strategies are, you know, you're, you clearly know what you're talking about and you back it up with real data, which is super important because I think that, and you, you probably know this, that a lot of sellers can maybe, and this is maybe a bad word to use, can bully their agents into the asking, into the, into the list price. You know, this is what the house is worth. This is what I want versus what you said, you know, you have to be realistic. Otherwise you're going to miss everything. And then you're on the market for six months or a year. But do I, do I have that right? Exactly. I mean, we, they hired us Mm -hmm. to do a job. We do the very best we can to educate them and, and guide them and set the expectation. And, and at the end of the day, they have really the final decision. Sure. We could, you know, say we're not going to help you, but um, for the most part, they understand and they listen. Sure, they're the outliers, but you know, we just really, really do a good job of educating them with the data and the numbers don't lie. It's at that point, not really an opinion. Correct. The fact they're facts. So it, it, it's um, and that that can that can certainly be a tough pill to swallow, especially when you when you think your you know your, your home is forced. Because again, you go back to the beginning of the interview, the emotional. Emotional. Piece. It's very hard <laughs> to let go. You know, emotional. Like, I think my house is worth a certain dollar amount, but I you know I I would I'm, I probably would be way off, right? Because especially now with, you know, you can go on Zillow and like, well, your house is worth this, you know, I, I, and, and you have to deal with, I'm sure you have to combat with that on a daily basis or your team has to. Um, yes. So this is really, really great stuff. Before we wrap up, Lindsay, I just wanted to, mm-hmm. maybe I missed you. Is there something missed to ask you something? Is there something that you want to share with the audience that you think would be valuable that I, that I forgot to ask you? I just, nothing new, just to reiterate to do the due diligence that when you're ready to sell and you're ready to buy, it's a good time for you then. Right. And then just start to seek to know, just educate, listening to these podcasts, mm-hmm. talk to people that, you know, know what they're doing, know the market, get outside opinions besides your mom and your dad and your sister. Um, and, and that's really it. I mean, it's cheesy, but like knowledge is really the power. And when you know all that, you can make, when you know where you're going and why you're going, the decisions along the way become easier and a little less emotional. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I love that. So, and you, if I'm hearing you correctly, is like you don't have to wait until next year to move or buy a house. It's like there's this whole seasonal thing like, well, we got to, it's got to be, you know, in the spring and the summer. I sold my house in January. Yeah. The yeah. serious buyers were. Right. They're there. They they were ready. And we were, you know, we, we, we were actually away. It was in December and it was like a, the day after Christmas, they wanted to look and we were like, no, we're not showing the house. And they bought the house. We ultimately yeah. decided they bought it. So it's like, you know, there's someone for every seat, you know, and uh, there's no, there's no perfect timing. It's impossible. There, there, there never is. So exactly. Great. Lindsay, how can, how can people get in touch with you? I mean, and they should. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, she's she knows what she's talking about. So how, how can they get in touch with you? They can email me directly. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at ricepropertiesgroup.com. Um, they can follow us on social media because, uh, which is just every hand, every rice properties group. It's on Facebook, Instagram, we're getting on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. So we're, you know, active there and they can always get up to dates on just seminars that we're running. Um, they're not all in person, by the way. So the ones that we're going to launch next year, will most of them will be virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll do some, some local as well. Um, so they'll be able to kind of get information on, on our local stuff, but also just kind of general market information. If they want to add to our email list, they can as well. We put a ton of information out there about the pre, during, and post buying. Yeah. Now we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. And I mean, I'm going to go to it because there's a lot of valuable information there as well. And again, even outside of your market, if people just want to get educated, period, on how to do this, you know, you need to go to these to these links and, and get in touch with Lindsay. Look, this was, uh, you know, again, our, we're aligned here on the education piece. I love that you're passionate about giving uh, your clients more than one solution, more than one alternative. You clearly care about them. Um, and that's what this show is all about. So you're like the perfect guest. So uh, Lindsay, thanks so much for agreeing to be on. I am so glad that you asked me because I knew just knowing your background and reading about you that this was going to be aligned. So I'm excited to it all back and listen to all your other future podcasts as well. So thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Have a great Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Better Way with Real Estate Podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you left us a rating and review so we can continue to help you and others navigate the many hurdles of the home buying and selling process. Visit bkwpropertysolutions.com to learn more. And remember, There is a better way with real estate.